What's the deal? What's the deal? Politic in the podcast. We back. We major. Right back like we never left. Every Wednesday, 7 p.m., man, we back. Politicking. Giving y'all that raw conversation, you know what I'm saying? And debates, them hot topics, but actually educating y'all, making sure y'all understand the politics, man. So, first thing we got to get to, man, is the 49ers, man. This whole time. They've been having Trey Lance the man. It's a Trey area, man. Trey Lance time, the Trey Lance era. They 49ers said that they committed fully to Trey Lance this offseason and that they were going to get rid of Jimmy Garoppolo. But somehow Jimmy Garoppolo is still on the roster. He had to get surgery, shoulder surgery. So now because of his late training camp start, he ends up still on the 53-man roster at the end, and he was due about $24 million. But he restructured his deal with the team to make about $6 million a year, and now he's getting basically decent backup money. So now that he's only getting $6 million a year, should the 49ers keep him as a backup? And is that smart when you already designated this you know, Trey Lance era, but now you we're getting rid of Jimmy G, and now you're keeping Jimmy G, it looks like. What are y'all thoughts on this whole quarterback situation, man, going on over here in San Francisco, man? We tap in. We got the mayor with the hood Carlton, man. What's the deal? How y'all doing? What's your thoughts? How about you? I'm good. I'm good, man. Back to it. Had to get back to this show, man. You already know. Yes, sir. We've been gone for a minute, but we right back like we never left. We got new guests in here, Hood Carlton. Give them a little background about yourself, bro. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, appreciate uh, you having me on the show uh, and being here. Uh, I, you know, played football at Northern Iowa. Um, if you guys are familiar with David Johnson, um, the running back that went to Arizona and then was with the Texans, I, I played running back behind him. So safe to say, you know, I didn't play, but I was around some good guys. Um, I reside in Minnesota. Um, I do loans up here, sold cars for four years. I just had a baby two uh, about a month ago. Um, so, you know, I ain't getting much sleep, but we still here ready to eat. Yes, sir. Congratulations, bro. Congratulations. Appreciate Congrats. it. So, so let's get to this 49er conversation, man. What are y'all thoughts on, on Jimmy G being on the roster still? Do y'all feel like is it still the Trey Lance era, or are they like, hold on, let's keep this insurance policy? Do they really believe in Trey like they say they do? Nah, I think that he they're keeping Jimmy G um, as a designated old head, like a, a you know a mentor. Like you know, you got Aaron Rodgers, you got Tom Brady, Drew Brees already retired, and I mean, you know, Jimmy G, even though he's not old. He still has enough uh, seniority, enough, you know, stats, enough history that 
pay him to sit, pay him to, you know, give him a little bit of advice because he's not going to take the Niners anywhere as the starting quarterback. So you're kind of just paying for his knowledge and to keep him under control. That's I find that pretty I find that interesting because you know Jimmy G's got a lot further than a, a lot of other quarterbacks in this league that have been paid a lot, like you know, a guy like Dak Prescott. You know, what is what has he really done? And you know, he's a bona fide starter. Um, so you know, I think you know, Jimmy G, it's kind of a knock on him as a leader to, you know, have taken the team to a Super Bowl and then be willing to you know, sit back behind a guy like Trey Lance, you know, basically let a team slap you in the face, you know, when you should be a starter. Um, I think he should have probably tried to find somewhere, but if he's cool with being a backup, that's cool for him. I mean, sorry, Caleb. It's just, it, it reminds me of uh, Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady. Drew Bledsoe only got injured one time and then there goes his career. And for me, it reminds me of, of Trent Dilfer. Because Trent Dilfer, he was a solid quarterback in Jacksonville. And then he went over to Baltimore and actually won the Super Bowl. But as far as the skill level and as far as actually, like, playing the game of football, he was a game manager at best. He was never going to be that one to make that play. The best thing he could do is hand the ball off and not make any mistakes and get off the field if, if they can't, you know, get more than three points. But I think I look at Jimmy G just like a Trent Dilfer. Yeah, he can get you to the playoffs with that solid defense and that solid run game behind you. But when it comes time to make a play, and, and he is proven every time that it's time for him to make a play, for us to do something, he either can't figure it out or he makes a bonehead interception at the worst possible time. And that lets us know that, hey, he can win us games, but he can't get us over the hump. So I don't know. I just I just feel like I just feel like Jimmy should be off the squad, especially last year when he had this opportunity to beat the Rams and he gave up all butt cheeks, just straight ass. It was terrible. So I don't know. I I personally I'm a 49er faithful, if you didn't know. But man, I, I'm ready. I'm ready to move on from the Jimmy G era. I never yeah. wanted the Jimmy G era. And when he came and he started to win, I was like, damn, they really going to put. And when he came for that price ticket, I already knew right. it was going to be a problem. Mm -hmm. And yeah. the, the Lakers yeah. are having yeah. that same problem right now with Russell Westbrook, you know, having all that money tied into that contract. And then if he don't pan out to be what you traded for, you still stuck with that contract. And no one will trade for it. And I think ultimately that's why Jimmy G took less money because he knows that he's not going to be able to do anything. And if he get cut, then he's going to get the veteran minimum from the next team. And he's going to have to come in and basically learn in the right before regular season and try to win a spot. So he, he figured that he's better off staying here, making his $6 million, And if Trey Lance mess up, he got an opportunity to step back in, prove his worth, and hit the free agency market next year where he can try to get another payday. So he forfeited the money right now so that he can get the money later. And I really think that that's what Russell Westbrook should do because the Lakers just traded for Patrick Beverly. And now, seemingly, they're talking about getting rid of Russell Westbrook again. This has been the talk 
Then Darvin Ham came and they talked about they was going to keep Russell Westbrook. But now that they traded for Patrick Beverly, which is crazy to me because when Patrick Beverly was in the other locker room and he was over there with the Clippers, all the Laker fans was talking so much shit about Pat Bev. Oh, he ain't no pit bull. You remember that game where, where he swiped the ball from LeBron and took yeah. that shit? All the Laker fans was like, oh, that nigga ain't like that. He ain't shit. He ain't. But now, all of a sudden, now that he signed to a Laker, oh, Pat Bell, we back in the Western Conference Championship. Oh, he's a pit bull. It's crazy how, like, when yeah. somebody's not a Laker, how the Lakers hate on them. And then as soon as they become a Laker, all of a sudden, they got the purple and gold on their great. Uh, Caleb, I could have swore the topic was Jimmy G and the Niners. Well, now we're moving on to the next topic. Which oh, is man. <laughs> yeah, no, you just, it's a segue. It is called a segue. How one topic leads into the next. You didn't even know we switched topics. That's no, how simultaneously no, we did that. You, you hit me with so many shots, I had to turn my head around going, there was no reason for all this. Like, let me raise my hand. Let me raise my hand, man. Let me raise my hand. Ain't no bread in the press. No, like, for real, I understand where you're going with that one. Come on, let's not, let's not be, let's not be, like, too naive when it comes to Patrick Beverly. Nobody likes Patrick Beverly except the team that he's on because of his antics, because of the old school mentality that he has with being a defensive first type of guard, which if you think about his size and his stature, like he shouldn't even be in the league at all. Like, okay, okay. Because, I, 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 I agree with I you. I got to ask you something yeah. about that. Patrick Beverly is 32. Just a year ago, y'all traded all y'all assets, but said THT was off limits. But now y'all give up THC a year later for Patrick Beverly, 32, that just got traded from because he's been traded two sir, times in the offseason. So how did y'all how was THT a year ago the only person that no was untradeable? But now you turn around a year later. Because and that's, an year. On Rob Palenka. that's an indictment on Rob Palinka. Listen, Thank you. LeBron is one person, but Palinka ultimately makes these moves. So if he's making these moves, it is what it is. I think he saw the Lakers needed some attitude. And Pat Bev, yes. to me, brings attitude. So I feel like if he holds him accountable on the defensive end, it might be, be it might be good for him, I think. Russell it's not Westbrook even might be. That. It's guaranteed a better look because if you think about, it, like you said a year ago, we traded away traded everything away. that made us who we were to win our bubble championship, which was a defensive first type of team. So we lose Caruso, we lose KCP, we lose Kuzma, we lose our depth, and we go in offensive first, right? That didn't work. We had the worst season that we've had in I don't know how many years. So you get rid of a potential uh, future superstar that could stay with the Lakers forever, just like we did with Kuzma. Let him go. We pick up Patrick Beverly, and instantly every Laker fan is happy because Kuzma? we know. No, I'm talking about with Patrick Beverly. Okay. Everybody's happy that Patrick Beverly is here, not because of his of his demeanor when he was a Clipper, but we're happy because we have a defensive dog. That we know when this man checks into the game, he's going to leave it out on the court. That's a Laker, you know, that's a Laker nation. And then Darvin Ham is a defensive coach. So if he figures out a way to put both Patrick Beverly and Russell Westbrook in the game at the same time and they can control them, I mean, I'm sorry. They're still going to be closer to getting a championship. They look like they got headaches. They look like they got headaches. I just want to make one statement to that. Bro. How I know y'all ain't going to win shit. 
is because Patrick Beverly is coming in and he's going to be the leader of y'all damn motherfucking team. No, the team is the Patrick point Beverly. Any team that LeBron, LeBron plays on, it's not Russell. Any team that it's not LeBron, it's not Russell, it's not AD. So the leader and the heartbeat of this team is about to be Patrick Beverly. And that is trash. His hand. I don't get Patrick it. Patrick Beverly's not going to have his hand. Go, go ahead, Ronnie. Tap in. The famous okay. homie here. Yeah. Y'all just can't hear. What's the deal, fools? Bro, what's the deal, fool? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Man, look. Listen. The Lakers, let's just be real. I've been a Laker fan since 88, okay? And the Lakers don't know what the fuck they are doing. They haven't known <laughs> yeah. what the fuck they've been doing since Dr. Buss has died. Think about it. Think about it. Since 2010, look at the moves that they made. They signed a 40-year-old Steve Nash trading away their draft picks. They mm -hmm. signed Dwight Howard fresh off of back surgery. Okay? Mm -hmm. They ran Kobe Bryant into the ground, made him wow. pop his Achilles, all that. And then the moves after that, they drafted a whole bunch of players. And Lu Luau Dang. Hold Don't on, leave out Luau Dang. Hold on. Let me finish my point. They, <laughs> they, they traded all of their assets, Okay? For a bubble championship, they traded everything for Anthony Davis to please LeBron James. They win the championship and they get rid of all the defensive depth that they had. Dwight, JaVale, uh, KC, they got rid of all. And then last year, they signed Russell fucking Westbrook. Every hooper knows, every non-hooper knows LeBron and Westbrook cannot fucking blend. They play the same way. Neither one of them motherfuckers can play off the ball. Russell Westbrook cannot shoot. Then they signed Patrick Beverly after they could have caught, I forgot who it was. They could have got Adios for THT last year, and now they get Patrick Beverly and think he's going to be the saving grace. I love Pat Bev, but him, one person, cannot help a team full of defenders that can't defend. I don't care if you got Greg Popovich or Larry Brown as a defensive coach or Tom Thibodeau. Those players can't defend. LeBron's 38. He can't defend no more. Okay? Mm -hmm. Let's just be real. Russell right. Westbrook can't defend anymore. Ain't right. no coach going to help their defense. Patrick Beverly is not going to help their defense. The Lakers are going to be ass this year. I'm sorry. I, I agree. Period. No. I'll wait, I'll, I'll wait till after y'all goes. Go ahead, y'all. Go after y'all. Yeah. No, I got one more. Get home. And I was like, I don't want to miss this part right here. <laughs> I, <don't care> about <laughs> I just care about talking about the trash Lakers. <laughs> Listen, first of all, first of all, Pat Bev, uh, I, I want somebody in the panel to tell me this. This is what I want to know. There's 10 seconds left on the clock. <laughs> Lakers down by, let's say the Lakers are down by three. Let's make it interesting. Lakers down by three. Ten seconds left on the clock. Who are you going to give it to? Are you going to give it to Westbrook? No. Oh, wait. Westbrook can't shoot threes. Okay. <laughs> hey, he can't even shoot a mid-range. Oh, <laughs> oh, wait. What about his decision-making? Oh, oh yeah, that's horrible, too. Okay. All right. Pat Bev, hit that three for us. Pat Bev can't shoot neither. So, with the... With the concept of you just got another person that can't shoot the ball, um, and Pat Beverly is supposed to be your defensive savior, I don't see where the Lakers are going with this. You know what Pat Bev really is? Because the reports that the Lakers have been trying to 
throw out there for like the last two, three years is the Lakers just can't get my boy D Rose. (laughs) (laughs) You can't get him because he ain't coming to your trash team. Now talking about your trash team. He, he already played with LeBron. Who is asking for D. Rose? LeBron got a little bit of a He's better than Westbrook. He might be he better than Westbrook, but we're not asking for D. Rose either. Oh, D. Rose <laughs> is better than Pat Bev. For sure. And Westbrook. Rose is better than Westbrook. Not on defense. Not on defense. Yes, he is. Westbrook, uh, have, you seen, have you seen Derrick Rose's numbers lately? Have listen, you seen Derrick uh, Westbrook's story? I'm, dis- I'm talking about disrupting the game. Pat Bev might be good for one of those threes you talk about every game. No, but one of the three or two threes, one, I can count Pat Bev. Yeah. I can Darryl count Pat the same way we got on here and said he made the plays against the Lakers and all these teams. The Lakers need a guy to make one or two of those plays down the stretch for them. So, so, so you know, and no one and no one those saying that Patrick do. Beverly is yeah. where Derrick Rose is now forty percent from the three point line. Mm. We, Pat Bev is a on career forty percent three point shooter. Let, so, hey, wait, 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 wait. Is, is right Caleb, around, right around there. Thank you, Caleb. I want to segue with what you said with career. If we go based off the entire career of all these players you're talking about, the one franchise that has the second more than tied with the most titles. Wait, which seventeen? <laughs> right. So you guys continue to talk about the bubble even- championship. Look, continue to talk about the bubble championship. Continue to talk about bad uh, management. Continue to talk about LeBron's old self. I don't care. The funniest thing is we're talking about entertainment. The Lakers are always in everybody's conversation, every podcast, every time you hop on the television, because you can't fake greatness. No. Well, yeah, you know what? You, you know, guys, know what? You know what? First of all, that's what you guys are doing, right? We you guys played greatness last year, bro. With that damn oh, wait, squad wait, that y'all wait, had last wait, year, Caleb. that was how you fake greatness. Caleb, John, because they John talked Wall's about all the motherfuckers that was on that team, John and y'all didn't win shit. John Wall's gonna get you past the first round of the playoffs. John this Wall year. is better than Pat Bev. Kawhi is gonna get us talking about the Clippers. That y'all need to let the Clippers, y'all, y'all. Every, I swear the Clippers are in every single. The Clippers are gonna be this this year. The Clippers are gonna be this this year, and the Clippers are trash. Wait, 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 and they have no championship about the Clippers. Have y'all not seen? Look at them. Have you not seen how buff Kawhi is? Like the Lakers are the Clippers, bro. Did you see how buff AD is? I got one question for y'all. If it was a fade and it was Kawhi versus LeBron, Kawhi would beat the shit out of LeBron. I ain't beating the hell out of LeBron. Y'all stop that. Anthony Davis. Come on, man. All right, so so let's get to this boxing. Let's get to this boxing news, man, because boxing has been very, very subpar, man. We never get the fights that we're looking for. So now Mayweather is supposed to be getting behind this promotion and giving us the Terrence Crawford, Terrence Crawford versus Earl Spencer. <laughs> Shut up. Nigga, I'm in my podcast. Nigga, I'm like a psychedelic. 
All right, so we Earl Spence and Paris Crawford looks like they're finally going to catch that fade. They're, they're eyeing an October date. But as we are entering the September, it's not looking like this date in this fight is going to actually become real. So I don't know if you guys are following boxing, but you got Javonta Davis over there with some belts. You got everybody got a belt in the damn division. What the fuck, man? Get your ass out of here. I love it, no. Coming to you live from politics. Yeah, man. But we do so, it so, so Earl Spence, Bud Crawford, man. Who, who y'all got? Let me go first. first. Let me go first. I gotta pick up my baby from work. Let me go first. Go ahead. All right. So understand boxing. Understand the way boxing goes ever since May Mayweather changed the game about the numbers. You have to Mayweather has made it to where they're making so much money off per fight, the fighters. You have to build up a fight. So there's a reason why Bud and Arrow haven't squared off. Uh, Arrow had the bad car accident, and they had to build up the fight. Terrence Crawford and Errol Spence are arguably two of the top three fighters, along with, you know, Tyson Fury, a pound for pound. Canelo just lost, but he's still up there. They're two of the top fighters in the game. Now, Bud Crawford, to me, in my opinion, has not fought the competition that Errol Spence has fought. Errol mm -hmm. Spence has fought a heavy Kell Brook, when he was undefeated, he had adversity. He was getting, he was losing. Actually, he was losing the first five rounds of that fight and came back and knocked him out. Earl Spence has beat Sean Porter. He's beat Danny Garcia. He has beat mm -hmm. a number of great competitors. Mikey Garcia, he watched him when he was undefeated. Terrence Crawford has been hurt. He got hurt by Gamboa. Gamboa had that boy hurt. Errol Spence has never been hurt. Now, I'm, I'm not saying that it's definitive that Errol's going to win, but I got Errol Spence. I think Errol Spence is much more... Um, he's much more resilient. He has a better chin. He goes to the body better, and he has face adversity. So I got Errol Spence. I got Errol Spence in a, in a, in a I won't say in a unanimous decision, close fight, but unanimous decision. Errol Spence. I'm gonna tap out on this one. I don't know much about boxing. <laughs> I only. Go ahead, you go first. Yeah, yeah. So you know, I haven't been following it, you know, all the way. But what I, I, my dad grew up. Watch, uh, having me watch the fights, Mayweather fights, De La Hoya fights. And to his point, yeah, they got to build the mystique. That's why it's a lot of guys who think that they're in that top spot. They're, they're doing it that way on purpose. So that way the fans can really drive what they want to see and keep, you know, asking for it. If they ask for it for two, three years or however long it takes for, the, you know, these fights to happen, then that's what they're going to do. It gets ratings, it gets views, it gets clicks. You know, uh, who just fight, who just fought um, the the pretty boy. Uh, he's undefeated, but he ain't fought nobody. Right. Uh, Ryan Garcia. Yeah. He just fought right here in L.A. Yeah. Ryan. That, Garcia. that was a week. That was a week. fight. exactly. But but, you know, he thinks he's a big shot, big dog. And they're doing that on purpose. So I think uh, it's I think it's got boxing buzzing and more people are talking about it now with all these different guys that haven't fight so they're going to drag that out because once they lose then all that mystique is gone you know they're going to say well then fight the next guy you see but but they never unify the belts anymore like you got javante davis over here with these belts and then you got canelo alvarez over here with these belts and you got bro croft over here with these belts and then you got earl spence over here with these belts and they're all in the same division how many motherfucking belts is it? How each nigga got five belts, but nobody's a unified champ. And because of the the WBC and the and the 
WBO and all these other leagues that we don't even really truly understand right. is getting worse than college college sports nowadays as far as how can you even really figure out who is the pound-for-pound pound best fighter. Canelo just went up to try to get a belt in a different weight class and lost. So technically, Canelo's loss doesn't even really mean anything towards all the belts that he holds. Mm -hmm. So it's like, when are we going to start getting these fights? Let's get a Canelo Alvarez versus a Javante Davis instead of getting a, a, a Javante Davis versus a Roley. Like, we already knew that Roley didn't stand a chance. And the fact that he did better than we expected was okay. But in reality, we knew that Javante Davis was going to knock that nigga out. Exactly. And he knocked that nigga out. And you know what I'm saying? And every now and then we hope for a surprise, mm. but we never get it. You know what I'm saying? And that's that's the problem with boxing. And I and they say the May and you guys brought up the Mayweather thing. That I mean it is Mayweather's fault. Because Mayweather sat back in the last 15 fights of his career, he handpicked them. And and because of that, the pay-per-view money got up there. And now you got you got like Jake Paul and all them coming in and fighting and making more money than the, the championship boxers yeah. for, for exhibition fights. But so it's really know. like fucking up the game where it's like, hey, if I'm a professional fighter and they're they doing a, a celebrity boxing fight, if you can't get me the bag that Jake Paul getting and he a YouTuber, then maybe I need to go to YouTube. Why I need to get risk my record and getting knocked out to get five millions less than this YouTuber getting when he come out here and fight. But see, that's, up that's exactly the point though. You just, mm -hmm. you just made the point mm -hmm. is that, mm -hmm. you know, you, I mean, when we were all younger collectively, there was a handful of good fighters in each division and they, it was almost like playing Mortal Kombat. You had the different little towers and you had them at the top of each one. You had these little, you know, no namers trying to get to the top. They're holding the belt. They're doing their thing. But I think with so much um, attention to sports as entertainment, and I'm going to keep saying it, the bigger you are now, the less you're going to put your body through all that torment of fighting. Like heavyweight class is different now. You got a lot more people going UFC. That 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 division is full of so to me, at least that division is full of so much talent that if you allow one or two people to hold all the belts, no one's going to pay attention anymore because now you only want to see the top two fighters fight against each other. If it takes two to three years, who's to say where society is in two to three years? Exactly. So now it's hyping up everything like, OK, well, we'll pay you everything now so that way we can see it now without knowing what's to come later. And all the boxers, they're sitting back going, no, run it up. Like CTE yeah. affects them the same way it affects football players. So it's like if you look at the longevity and the careers, Mayweather lasted an extra, what, 10 years? Because like you said, he handpicked his, his opponents and he made a shitload of money while doing so. He became promotions. He became endorsement. He became everything. So now it's like, well, like you said, Jake Paul has his own following off of YouTube. Then you take the YouTube clout mixed in with the boxing clout. Now exactly. you have him competing against people who spent their entire life. Like at four years old, my dad said that I could I could make it in boxing because I had a mean left hook. And now after 20 years being in the game, 25 years of being in the game, I can't even get the same look this bum off the streets getting because he's talking crap on YouTube. Like, yeah, it just well, it takes away from the integrity of, of the sport. 
I don't know if you have anything to say on the uh, with on the bottom, my boy. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. The other way. Oh, no. No. I'm. I'm. I'm yeah. <laughs> well, you got to think too, man. We're in a lot of different times, um, yeah. and this will be my last point on this. Right before it was about the fight and about the competition of it. Now it's about the money. So I think that that little aspect being gone from it has also, you know, from a money side of things, affected the sport of boxing. You know more than maybe other sports. Nate Robinson, the greatest boxer of all time. <laughs> hey, hey, to Nate Robinson. We hey, ain't seen Nate Robinson swinging, Hey, Black Twitter, man. Black Twitter will kill you off, man. Speaking of Twitter and clout, I guess like I guess Twitter was a clout chaser because Elon Musk agreed to buy Twitter for forty-four mil for forty-four billion. Excuse me. And the way that they evaluate social media sites is basically every user that you have on the site is a dollar. So because they have 44 billion users on Twitter, they were valued at 44 billion, which is originally what he agreed to purchase Twitter for. But after it was revealed that they had millions of bots and falsified um, users going on like all throughout Twitter. So now basically the evaluation was fake and that he bought it for 44 billion, but there's now 44 billion users. So he bought it at a, basically a, a fake price. And now he's about to, you know, back out of the deal. He's, he's reversing. He's saying that they have shady business practices and that he is pulling out of the, the purchase for Twitter. He's actually see, uh, sent them multiple cease and desist, and he is really going at Twitter hard for falsifying this information, luring him into buying it. What are y'all thoughts on Twitter as a platform as a whole? Because for me, that was like my first social media. I mean, we were on MySpace when Facebook came out. It was whatever. But when I first really got into it, Twitter was my platform. Like, And now, you look at what Twitter has become. Uh, Twitter is Twitter's crazy, man. It's like it's like a world that is just like there's no rules in the Twitter world. Anything goes. What's y'all thoughts on Elon Musk backing out of this Twitter deal? I mean, I don't have no problem with him backing out of it. I deal with customers every day in the retail world. They back out of their phones. So like, like, I don't want this phone no more. So if you got a return policy, it's cool. Um, what it also has shown me, well, I already know, but what it should show everybody else is them famous people or them YouTube or them influencers that you follow that they got 10K followers and they got a hundred million followers that should tell you like with with him exposing twitter this is twitter we're talking about who uses twitter that much anywhere more right, right. right. everybody's tiktok and instagram so if twitter got all these all these ghost followers what do you think your instagram is like so these people that we looking up to and we like, dang, they got 10K followers, blah, blah, blah. Half of them are, are ghosts. And I know about it because when I be trying to talk to these companies and everything, 
they be looking at me like, oh, you only got 600 followers. Why would I use you when I can use this person that got 10K followers? Whereas like, those are fake followers. Mm -hmm. So to me, I mean, him backing out of it, that's a good move because you, you, you're catfishing. You're catfishing. <laughs> I think it's, go ahead, you go first again. So, you know, honestly, you know, I'm in the business uh, of doing loans. And like you said, people do back out all the time, but we're also in the age of uh, public capping. So if, you know, Twitter wants to publicly cap and you don't, you know, vet their public cap, then that's your fault that you bought them at that price. He has access to money, people, influence, you know, for something like followers to slip past Elon Musk. You know, I can't really give Elon Musk a pass because he's a good businessman. So, you know, to to be OK with him backing out of a deal that he signed off on, even though it was a bad deal. There are people that signed on to bad deals with him that he didn't let back out of deals with him. So, you know, he needs to go ahead and, and take what he's probably put out and, you know, ex accept that, you know, he may be just at a loss with this here. Is my opinion about it. I think. I think when you look at how Instagram and Facebook changed tremendously when uh, the metaverse was incorporated and, and all that good stuff, I think um, he kind of jumped the gun. Because if you get Twitter, you already have Facebook and Instagram. If we were playing Monopoly in real life, those three would trump TikTok. And everybody knows that TikTok is what? Uh, musically and one other one revamped for a second or third time but yet different content is shared on every different social media engine so like uh instagram's algorithm is kind of like set in stone and everybody knows what it is like you can't even take pictures like pictures aren't as valuable on instagram when instagram started for pictures reels are now more popular than anything else facebook used to be more or less like your um your linkedin you know, it was it was a way that adults literally uh, network with each other to try to get jobs. Now everything is about content or well, not even content creation is about promoting themselves in a different light. So if Twitter was one of the first that you talked about how you felt and your words mattered most, even your hashtag hashtags mattered most. If he gets anything that doesn't hold that weight then you might get more of the general public to not believe in it or believe in whatever you know agenda some of the influencers are trying to push so it's like i don't know more or less like leave them be where they are since they're not what they are and just yeah take, you know. but but at the same time though right like a tesla if you look up its reliability rating and how much it costs to take it in. I mean, it ranks pretty low on right on the totem pole. So, like, you know, if, like, I don't know if I can necessarily agree with what you're saying because, like, you know, but what if not. what if you what if you okay, let's say you are buying a car, right? Let's say you buying a car and that car was valued that the miles on that car, um, read, let's say five thousand miles on it. Mm -hmm. and you get in the deal on it like dang okay five thousand miles but all they did is just change the they changed the meter that car really got that car really got ten thousand fifteen thousand miles on it and you got people to come in and you got a mechanic that'd be like 
yo, this car got more miles than what they say. You want to back out on that deal? Or would you just go, oh, man, well, I got the people. I did it to other people. Uh, well, it's just. Well, well, uh, but, uh, but right there, well, I, I, well, agree, I agree with what he said earlier as far as him having to vet exactly. the company and do his research before you make the purchase. Once you sign on the dotted line, you sign on the dotted line. But and especially on, for a deal of this stature, it, it takes acquisition. A lot of this time, this money has to go into escrow for this money to even be moved in those type of amounts. Exactly. So you put this money into escrow, and it's, escrow it's is a matter. process. Uh, it's a six, eight month, nine month process. Mm -hmm. So you put this money in escrow with intentions on buying it. You got all these uh, other people to invest in it. You probably got angels, investors, and all type of other people to put money into this deal. And you did all of this without making sure that exactly. the user and, the, and that the information was correct. I think that but that's where they start. But there, but there as soon as I am, as soon, okay, no. as soon, as, it, as, soon as I start, I need an evaluation. And if I need to evaluate the company to see how much is worth before I even go into negotiations for purchase, then that's when he dropped the ball. Okay. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to, I want to, I want to, I want to talk about your point before that you made about about the car with a hundred thousand miles. Now we all have. Does everybody own a car on this on this panel here? Okay. Yep. Now, have you driven a rental car with five thousand miles? Mm -hmm. And now, have you driven somebody's car that has a hundred thousand miles? Mm -hmm. He said, so I don't he said ten thousand how... though, but he said ten thousand. He didn't say hundred. He said he five said to ten. Five yeah. to ten. Well, five yeah, to he tried. He tried to keep. He tried to keep. Okay, but so but but what he's what he what he's saying is the blue book. And what what uh, yeah, the, the blue book but, and, but and the evaluation of the value of the car is going to be significately different for a car with but, thirty thousand right, miles versus five thousand miles. And my point I'm making is going to saying with the right. So just like okay, so the difference between. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So to go with all three to collectively, if he started the process and he already committed, right? Any business transaction has a clause where you can pull out within a substantial amount of time. No. Well, we don't. But see, we don't know because we don't work with forty-four billion dollars. Well, hold on. Oh, hold on. I, I actually. I, I oh, actually you do, do you loans do, you and do, I've done do, do. jumbo loans, jumbo loans before. And when you're moving that kind of money, it's other people that have to vet how much money came in, where it came from, okay. where it came from. Did you get the right documents? Did we get everybody to sign on this on this day at this time? Which so are you notary? are you basically saying that there's a strong possibility that the process could have started and before completion, like complete the transfer of the money? There was something that wasn't verified or an I wasn't dotted or a T wasn't crossed that made the whole transaction null and void. No. And maybe that's no. why we're seeing there's too many steps. steps. There's too many steps oh. to combine the money to put mm -hmm. it in a place that you get to the 44 trillion. Like you that doesn't just sit in a checking account. Like that's people's investments, their real estates, evaluations on land, mm -hmm. evaluations right, right. on buildings. Like it, it's not necessarily all just your assets. Right. Yeah. So we're, okay, we're, so 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 Alvin, what so what what basically occurred is that the purchase was finalized. Then he caught wind that the evaluation was fake and that he overpaid for Twitter. And now he's trying to find different ways to get out of the deal legally. And he's sending them 
and his lawyer team is sending stuff to basically try to fire back at Twitter to reverse the deal because the deal has already went through. So now it's like when somebody, if the store tells you, hey, this is a final purchase. Once you make this transaction, you can't return this item. And you never tried the item on. You didn't go into the fitting room. You said, nah, I want to buy it. And then you walked out and you realized it was a medium instead of a large. Well, now you got a fucking medium, bro. They let you know it was final purchase and now you're trying to sue and find legal loopholes to, to get your money back when you you should have not been so gung-ho at just owning your own shit. You know, he was he was clouding the, the clout and he really wanted, you know, to, yeah. to have that buzz. When he came out, he did whole press conferences. He was talking about letting Trump back on uh, Twitter. He was, uh -huh. he was taking shots at Mark Zuckerberg and, 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 and Jack Dorsey, the former owner of Twitter. He was doing all this. And then you turn around and you say the evaluation wasn't right. And that you want your money back, and that you don't want Twitter no more. Money don't stay quiet, baby. Money always. <laughs> All I'm saying, the mascot, which is saying that no, he shouldn't be able to even try to get his money back. We're saying that he shouldn't even try to get his money back. But I work with people every day, and <laughs> you give them the call. Like I'm just talking a simple. You are in this for 36 months. This is your payment for your iPhone, for your Samsung, for your Google. This is what it is for 36 months. And people every day try to return it. It's cool for us as people to return it and try it. Even when you, uh, you got 30 days to return this. It's Listen. the 31st day. You know what? I just don't like. I I I need the two fifty six, not the one twenty eight. That works Start. with the cell phone. That works with the car. No, that no. works with the laptop. That <laughs> even works with the laptop. That works with a laptop, but that doesn't okay. work when you talk it's about no. a wealth transfer of forty four. Mm. Listen, no, no, no. man, I don't mean to say forty four billion. About is, is simple, but it's really simple. That's no. that's very small compared to. No, no, no. I'm not, we're not, I'm not, I'm not talking. I'm not talking money. Every I'm deal isn't the same like that, brother. You don't get the back out of every, out of everything. Because it's the cell phone. You see, but that's, that's that I'm, new gen, that's that new generation type of thinking is that you think that you can just, you know, reverse anything and, and get out of any bad decision. And, and it's, it, and it's really not Caleb, like that. But Caleb, every decision, but that's not but yeah, that's every not, decision that's has not a the possible. new generation, though. Let's not be let's be honest, gentlemen. That's not the new generation. We all know that we would to... never be able to get away with anything what, what? we signed up for and try to renege on. Anybody okay. else that feels entitled, there's an entitlement Bro, that comes. We see this every day. We just watch this in we watch no, this in the no, NBA no, every no, offseason. No, we just no, watch no, Kevin Durant. Sign a four-year, $200 million contract, and before day one of the contract even start, try to get out of the contract and demand a trade. And where is And 90% of the internet all said, yeah, we ride with KD. He right. Get rid of him. He should go. But did it work? And that's the mentality is that they think that they can sign a deal, and before day one of the deal, say, oh, no, I don't want to do that more. Trade me. 
And if you say you're going to do something, do it. If you say you're going to do something, do it. We're in the no, age of public cat. We're in the age yeah. of the public cat, bro. That's all it is. Yeah. You, you just said that's not true because you're not keeping the same energy because you guys just said it's cool because it's a cell phone. I just said they have 30 <laughs> 31 day and they want to and they want to return the phone on the 31 day and you guys just said it's cool. So that, <laughs> Oh man, I, I, I got it. I don't know. I'd have to I'd have to run that back. I don't know if I said that. I don't know. Well, all I know is that you know Twitter, you know, I don't know for me, there's still black Twitter, so whenever something happens. I still run the black Twitter because black Twitter is fucking hilarious, man. And if you want a good laugh, definitely go to black Twitter or whatever something happens because it's going to give you like our point of view. And a lot of the times because of our own traumas and our own pain, we like to make fun of the worst scenarios. And it may look like we're insensitive, but we're really just, you know, like trying to help each other get past whatever happened. Like Nate Robinson, we clowned him when he got knocked out of Jake Paul by Jake Paul because you know we wanted you know we respect you Nate Rob you was a, a damn good hooper you you played good football you was a, one of the athletes you was one of them gods you know so for you to go out like that it's like all right man you kind of misrepresented the people you know and we, and we we don't like when you misrepresent us out here but uh someone's representing they people real right and that's Donald Trump. Because I don't know what it is about this man, but they seem to love this man. This man can do no wrong. So somehow the FBI raided his Mar-a-Lago estate, talking about he took classified documents from the White House upon his departure. And they raided his estate, what well, was this, over a month ago? And now still no charges have been brought up. And Trump is out there on a, on a tirade talking about how there's a conspiracy against him and with no charges being brought up it's really just giving this boy more light and more shine and making his work more credible and so when you do all this fake news shit and he's the first one and main dudes screaming out fake news this is just you know adding more fuel to the fire as he you know he edges up to run for the presidency again he's already coming out saying that they should have to forfeit the presidency to him now and that he's still conceding that he never lost that last election and that he's still claiming the voter fraud saying that they cheated him out of that last election so what do y'all think about trump soaring do you think that joe biden with him you know he damn near died from covid a month ago now his wife jill biden has covid and we've only seen this president maybe five times in three years and the economy is taking a shit. He did terrible with COVID. He's gas prices have been more than, than anything. His approval rating is just shit. He can't even find his seat. He's reading the teleprompter where it's saying, you know, next next quote and quotation. He's reading the periods. He's saying period. He's reading the teleprompter like he can't understand. Joe Biden isn't even coherent anymore. So is this like a clear pathway for a return to Trump? And do you think that this country, after trying to impeach him yes. twice, after the insurrection, after raiding his house, the FBI, do you really think after all of this, Trump really has a chance to still be president of the United States of America? 
I'm going to go first on this one. I do. And I actually wore my my Make America Great Again hat uh, for this show. So, um, yeah, let me. (laughs) (laughs) This is my man's hat. Go cop it. But in all honesty, uh, I do think that Donald Trump is going to win the presidency again. Um, Biden's not the answer. um, And Trump is intriguing. And what no one's talking about is. You know, a place like Texas has closed down, you know, 60 percent of their voting polls in black neighborhoods. Um, So when you couple that with, you know, all of that going on, that's the story that's not being talked about. Um, On the other hand, though, you know, this is a kind this is different than most people like myself. But I actually appreciated that there was finally a uh, white person in office that was telling you how they felt and what they really were about. Um, because all the other ones just lied it lied to us uh, the same way Biden did and the same way the other ones did. So I actually appreciate a racist being right in my face and telling me he's racist as opposed to somebody being by my hat calling me brother real hard. Bring this man back. I mean, bring- that way. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. Right here. This- I would say, and I have been saying it. Since we've been talking about this, first things first, let me talk to you, Joe. Joe, every time I get on here, we talking about this. <laughs> you still owe me a check, Joe. You still owe me my check. I was laid off, and you stopped giving me my checks after six months, Joe. You still owe me some checks. Anyways, going back to the same energy. When Trump was in office, we were on this man's neck. He couldn't even take a crap. And oh, it's Trump's fault. This is all Trump's fault. Oh, you see what happened? Oh, this is this is Trump's fault. It's all Trump's fault, right? Okay, mm-hmm. cool. I have been saying it from the beginning. Why don't we take that same energy and do the same with Joe? Exactly. Why why has Joe been getting a pass? A pass for everything. COVID is under Joe. Mm-hmm. Gas prices is under Joe. School now, shooting under Joe. All the shooting. God damn. You take Joe out and you put Trump in and we put that energy in, it would be Trump is the reason why the gas prices is so high. Trump is the reason why we got COVID. Mm-hmm. Trump is the reason why this. Trump is the reason. And so then what happened is it plagued us, and then we decided, okay, let's get this man out. We got the man out, and with the person that we now got in, the question still remains to my people that ha- that we voted for, for Biden is, do you regret your decision voting for Joe Biden? Because the man is deteriorating. <laughs> And we're not giving him the same energy. I, I think I think that half of my vote was less about Joe Biden and more about Kamala. And we haven't seen her. We last time we seen her, she was talking about, yeah, I wear my checks. And then I haven't seen her since. She so, she panders know, harder than white people. She panders it, it, she panders to black people harder than some white people to me. Uh-huh, so she doesn't I, even I, need to do a lot of the stuff that she does. In my last thing, my last thing. Yeah, go ahead. If if Trump was in office, I don't think uh, I don't think she would be. I think he'll tell um, Putin, "Hey, give us her back." 
Mm. I agree. You talk about uh, Brittany Griner? Yeah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Well, honestly, if you think about it, if Trump was in office, a lot of this wouldn't even happen. Exactly. And, um, I, I, I'm not a very uh, political person. I give Caleb a lot of respect because being a part of this podcast for as long as I have been, I've learned a lot of things that were going on in the world that I wasn't paying as much attention to. That's why I'm always pushing that basketball and all the sports are just entertainment. It's, it's literally distracting us from what we're talking about right now. And um, with that said, I think it's extremely hilarious that all we're doing is talking about what we were talking about before the election happened. We all said collectively, and I don't want to say we as the four of us, but I'm saying black people in general. It didn't matter if you were Republican or Democratic. We all kept saying, well, anything's better than Trump. And that was only because no one wanted to accept the fact that we had been bullied for long enough and we were starting to feel like things were different just because Obama was our president. No one, I mean, after Obama got out of office, everyone started looking at uh, stats and statistics and started showing how not everything went the way that he said they were, it was supposed to go. Not every benefit was all because of him being in office. And so I think as a whole, like black America kind of just is exhausted. So it was like, okay, well, let's put all the energy on the one racist. That's like you said, admitting that he's a racist. Let's go ahead and act like if we go after the biggest bully, that we'll finally show that we believe in ourselves and that we know who we are and that we have an image and we have a name and our voice matters. And it didn't happen. Like even the whole Black Lives Matter movement went hand in hand with all this. It went hand in hand with all this chaos. We were literally throwing out all this unnecessary energy at ourselves and did nothing to better Mm -hmm. ourselves. And now here we are about to, literally we're about to start 2023, right? And we're in the worst state we've been in 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 decades and then when you do hop on the news the water's drying up and this and this and this and this and this we did hear about it while trump was in office but the things that he were talking about was trying to prevent the fat uh the 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 um the poverty stricken people that we are right now like he was like oh i'm Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that the rich stay rich but then the the poor actually get some money so they don't end up falling off completely so so now you can't even you can't like literally not to cut you guys off the things yeah. I see the most right now, there's there's news reports of of communities asking their 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 neighborhoods to house teachers because the teachers can't afford to live in their communities and serve the children that they're like you know what I mean like how 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 would it look if I had my kids' teacher in my other room because they can't afford to pay their own rent like that makes no sense and I don't know if it's the truth but these are things I'm seeing now more so than any Black Lives Matter movement. And at the end of the day, I know this doesn't apply to us, uh, us color people, but I heard on, on, on the other side, if you're not like this, you're innocent until proven guilty. So that's, yeah, that's, that's a given. I mean, I'm in a corporate yeah. America. You're stupid before you smart. You're stupid before you're anything. And, but, mm-hmm. but you know, I'm actually going to push back on this because I'm closing uh, remarks before we yeah. get out of here. Go ahead, go ahead host. Uh, I was actually going to ask, this would be my closing remark. It'd be a question to everybody. I feel like a lot more, you know, colored people, black people feel the same way that we do about like Joe Biden. But why don't you think that they necessarily voice that? Like, what do you think holds them from voicing that? I'll start with you, host. I, I think that is nothing like, like Alvin said earlier. I think that the blatant disrespect and racism from Trump really put us in a place where we really felt like anything is better than Trump. And be careful what you wish for, because you just might get it. 
and we wished for it and we got it and now we don't like it and guess what we might get what we wanted gone again but this time he gonna know that he this is his last time and if he get back in office all that plan for the black people and all that shit that he was offering and sitting down with ice cube and telling us what do we have to lose Absolutely. and all this shit if he gets back in office now he's going to get back in office without the black vote and without black people behind so then when he gets back this time he really gonna show his ass and he really gonna show us what yeah. he really meant to do and now he ain't gonna throw no niggas no bone he ain't gonna be getting out kodak black and and bailing out lil wayne and giving all these pardons and all this stuff that he did he ain't gonna do none of that stuff he gonna get in he gonna give all his white white business people you know they shit and he gonna do what he got to do for his last four years because he can't run for a third term so reality we shot ourselves in the foot because you know at least we could have sat down at the table trump was promising us something biden didn't give us shit. we didn't even get the george floyd bill the george Nothing. floyd bill Zero. on the steps and ain't even been looked at by the house and, and I'm in Minneapolis. Floyd. I'm in Minneapolis, you know, where George Floyd was killed. And man, let me tell you, man, they ain't did nothing. Mm -hmm. All right, so let's get some shout outs before we get up out of here, man. Start with you. Okay. Yes, sir, I'll start, man. So I just want to go ahead and shout out. Uh, I want to shout out my, my man's clothing brand, uh, Regimen Worldwide. Uh, you know, he's been my boy, Trey Spears. You can check him out. He's on all platforms. Uh, also, too, you know, I do mortgages. I'm licensed in, you know, every almost every state. So, you know, if you ever need a mortgage, have a mortgage question, thinking about it, need a plan for it. Uh, I'm your guy. There's a lot of programs to help a lot of people start developing equity for themselves as opposed to renting and paying uh, rent on a mortgage for somebody else. Um, that's where the generational wealth starts is right there. So once we get over that hump, you know, we'll have more black Trumps and black Microsoft Bill Gates and things like that. Well, yeah. This is the brand of encouragement. Shout out to the Politics Podcast, the whole nine yards. I see you, Caleb. You're doing your thing. I love it. Focus on the future. Uh, and I would just encourage everybody just to keep going after your dreams and your goals. Keep chasing them. And the best measurement of change starts with starts with yourself. Mm -hmm. So that's what I would say. I like that. Uh, as always, you know, shout out to you, Kalem, all four of you, or all three of you guys. A shout out to Brandon Encouragement. Shout out to uh, shout out to Positive Avenue for giving me the opportunity to be a model. You know what I'm saying? I've arrived as a model. I wear a different, a whole bunch of different hats now, so it's so cool. But on a serious note. <laughs> on a very serious note though um i would like to bring awareness to everybody about while we're talking about all these crazy things going on in the world as adults black men in america we have to be aware that there's a lot of kids that are scared nervous and, and, and misunderstood and misguided as far as how they're supposed to maneuver through all of this so before we get out here and do all these crazy things and create war and havoc and and, and fight one another over the things we can't control let's remember that we have children that are coming up underneath us. We need to nurture them. We need to remember that they're the future, that we need to focus on them and give them the best opportunity to take us forward because we can't go any further without them. I like that. Yes, sir. So as we get out of here, man, in, in, in the absence, man, of 
doing politics in the podcast, man. If you haven't been watching, man, I've tapped in with some of the, the biggest publicists out here in the L.A. Hollywood area. And we literally been outside everywhere from entertainment to sports to fashion. We literally, you know, are, are tapped into to some of the, the biggest outlets and, and venues, you know, in Southern California, Hollywood. And, and in the middle of all this, you know, success, per se, I turn around, you know, I have my father. He, he, he has a brain tumor. He had surgery for it. And he's had basically a lot of complications. So in the middle of all this, I'm, I'm basically going through the fact that, you know, trying to come with grips that my father, you know, even though he's still here and he's still alive, my father, as I knew him my whole life, it, it will never be there. My father will never be who he used to be. And and that right there is a, a hard pill to swallow. So it's like one day I'm at Soldier Boy's birthday live streaming. And then the next day, I'm on pins and needles worrying about, you know, the update on my father. So it's like, it's the highest of the highs and it's the lowest of the lows. And, and one thing that it has done is that put me in this, I would say this power place, you know, because I'm like, I found a new calm, you know. And, and a lot of the times I may seem like nothing's bothering me. And it's because, you know, I, I, I kind of, Seem I, I I feel like Goku, you know what I'm saying? It's like everything. Once I go Super Saiyan, it's like oh man, it's like it's it's like controlled rage, you know what I'm saying? And it's put it's put me in the place where I have a no whole new focus, a whole new sense of urgency, you know, and, and a whole new fire lit under my ass because you know you can wake up tomorrow and everything can be done, everything can change, you know. And I've literally been living through that. So as I get back to, you know, being outside and bringing back my content and getting back to being me, you know, I go back to my favorite quote. They put you in a cage with a lion just because you don't try to eat the lion. Don't mean the lion ain't going to try to eat you. Politic in the podcast, man. I don't know what you're going to do with your life, but I'm going to get to it, man. We out of here. All right, gentlemen. Appreciate, All right. You. Appreciate you, brother. Yes, sir.